Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Well, Ben, hello. Oh, hi. How's, how's Ben doing? Well, I'm old now. Uh, hi. You really jumped all over that. I was hoping to surprise you by saying, hey, I know it's your birthday today. But uh, you had to jump right in and say it right away, didn't you? Do you want to start over? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm 40 now. That doesn't feel great. Yeah, but you're 40. I'll be all right. Yeah. All so, right, I don't know. Fine. For some reason, that feels older. Like, the transition from my 30s to my 40s feels substantial for some reason. So, I feel old today. Also, yep. probably not helping me feel young is the fact I had reconstructive knee surgery on Friday. So, I'm just <laughs> tired and sore and disgusting by body is this gross right now here i'll send you a picture okay yeah you do that and while you're on your phone um let me know if you see anything such as <laughs> well you ruined the freaking birthday surprise again uh, we could redo it if you want no it's Third disingenuous order. then at that point oh my god that's your knee jesus christ oh yes. oh that is not natural Oh, God. <laughs> now I got to zoom in. Mother of Pearl. Yeah. You know, the most disturbing part of all the inflammation and the bulbousness and the, and the open stitches and the bruising is that they shaved it. Well, they yeah. had to. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. hair there. You with a shaved leg. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. So that yeah, must I, be the most painful thing in the world then, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's it's sore than swollen and stiff right now. It's not, it's fine. I'm managing it. Well, there's no way you're crippling around with that, uh, with crutches or anything. Are you like in a wheelchair or something? Uh, no, I'm around? just limping around. With that thing? Mother yeah. of Pearl. Would you give me a gift card here? How nice of that you. That was the surprise I was trying to, I was going to well, say, you. I figured you would, I, I figured you would like not want to talk about your birthday, but no, you jumped right in. You're looking for as much attention as you can get. And uh, I was all ready to hit send on this and then surprise you. But now you jumped in and you had to talk all about it. So you ruined the surprise. But, uh, yeah, you got a gift card because we can't see each other well, in person. So I well, can't give you, you like a real gift. That's that's very sweet of you. Thank you. I am a sweet man. Well, okay, I guess I'll check Ben's birthday off my list of things to talk about. <laughs> and it's, a, it's an Amazon gift card, which is very nice. But I almost wish it was a gift card for bookshop.org. I actually looked at Bookshop first, uh, yeah. but they do not sell any type of gift card whatsoever. No credits, no nothing. Yeah. And then I was uh, debating, seeing if there was something I could get from your favorite bookstore that's nearby your house, the big one that we both know about. Yeah. And uh, But I didn't bother. I was just like, eh, I'll just get an Amazon one. Why am I killing oh, myself? It works. I, I, I like it. Thank you. People yeah. in your age don't deserve real gifts anymore, so. Yeah. Well, look um, at you. For anyone that doesn't remember, Bookshop is an online bookstore with a mission to financially support local <laughs> independent bookstores. <laughs> I love that you have that on hand and you're ready just to dive in. Are you doing that off the top of your head or are you reading from like a series no, of lists? I, I've, I've got it queued up. 
Oh, I was going to say, because last time you were reading different uh, verbiage. And it wasn't the same one over and over. I was pretty impressed. Yeah. Well, besides your knee, uh, Bruce, how's work? Uh, Are you check still out doing... our shop at nozzlehouse.com oh, slash bookshop. Work, Ben. Do you, yeah. do you still have to work from home, or are you just taking the whole week off or something? No, I took the whole week off, and uh, they sent me, my office sent me a box of warm cookies and milk today to help me recover. <laughs> cookies and milk? <laughs> yeah, which is very sweet. Maybe it's not such a terrible place to work after all. Maybe I've been wrong about them all along. I was going to say, that is kind of considerate. Like, my work would never do anything like that. Uh, one person was retiring after 40 years of working at the company, and they all uh, basically just, like, got an e-card that people type their name into. And that was the extent of a guy's work. 40 years of giving to a company. And yeah. he just got an e-card from people around the office. So you got cookies and milk. That's actually kind of nice. Maybe yeah, you did get them wrong. That is sweet. Well, look at Ben getting all the attention. Uh, no wonder you've just been dying for all this attention. You're, uh, you're finally getting it. You're like a spoiled baby right now. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Oh, you want to hear about me? I made a list. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I don't want to cut you off. You got anything else you want to say? Uh, well, uh, hey, my sur- I part of the uh, pre-op for the surgery is I had to have a COVID test. I'm clean there, so that's good to know. Oh, look at you. I didn't get so your disease after a little, all. A little surprised by it since I've been going to the office every day for no apparent reason, but it hasn't had any ill effect. Well, uh, I made a list of stuff. I'm just going to list them off. Uh, a friend I know believes in QAnon stuff. God uh, damn it. Another one is someone in Nepal has downloaded our first uh, episode of our Fifty Shades of Grey. And yeah. uh, why that's important is because Nepal is the birth country of the Buddha. Uh, my bird feeder killed a bird. The racist guy uh, called today. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Back up. Hold How's on. I'm not bird? done yet. <laughs> well, are we going to revisit some of these? I, I want to know. Oh, do you, want, do you want more detail? I just, thought, yeah. I just thought the abstract listing off of things was probably good enough. Well, I have questions. Uh, First, my friend, uh, that uh, it's the same woman who totally got COVID, like for real, but wouldn't go to a doctor, wouldn't get tested. Uh She thinks that COVID is made up uh, and that it's no more dangerous than the flu. And so I had to explain to her that more people in America have died of COVID in just the few short months that we've had COVID uh, than all the people that died in the whole of the Vietnam War. And so she sort of rolled her eyes because she didn't believe me. Uh, and then she told me about how Wayfair, and maybe you've heard this theory. Oh, this been, fucking thing? Yeah, about how Wayfair, in case anyone doesn't know. In the... Yes. Uh, oh, in case anyone doesn't know, I... Wayfair is the uh, website where you shop for fairly cheap furniture. And I've used them since moving into this house because they're dang cheap and they deliver straight to your door. So it's a lot easier than going to like Ikea. And uh, But they sell, like, a dresser or a cabinet that is, you know, like $9,000 or something. Like, just whatever. They sell furniture that's, like, way more expensive than it should be. Uh, and they give it some weird name, like the Lisa or something like that. And that's somebody, some QAnon person, saw this and apparently, like, looked up the names and found out that the names happen to match up with kids that have been abducted within the last 10 years. And yeah. why are they so expensive? Well, they must, instead of shipping this expensive furniture, it's their way of covering up that they're going to, like, ship you a child or something. And she believes this. <laughs> so I had to explain to her that these cabinets and stuff are, like, industrial-made cabinets for, like, businesses and warehouses and stuff. They're not shipping children. Why would they ship a child 
or give you the opportunity to ship a child on a public website that anyone could accidentally order one that might not be part of this child sex trafficking thing. It's insane. Yeah. That, yeah. Completely ridiculous. And she was like, are you sure though? And I'm like, Oh my God. And, uh, then yeah, the COVID thing. And I, and so then I said, where are you seeing this? Cause well, I guess I went down a rabbit hole watching some videos. And I'm like, yeah, I have other friends that do that. And they've wound up living in their own little universe that is completely made up of fake stuff. Like what is the obsession with child sex trafficking? that QAnon has. She goes, oh, QAnon? Is that why it has a big Q at the beginning of the uh, most of these videos? And I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. And I was like, the reason why these things are appealing is because it captures your imagination. You know, there's sex traffickers hiding in every corner. And I was like, but no one takes the time to actually look at what they're saying. They don't have to provide any evidence. They'll just say what they want, and then you've got to spend all your time trying to disprove them takes a lot more work to disprove it than it is to just say something stupid and make up a story. And I said, so I will send you a thing about Wayfair. So I went to Snopes.com, looked up Wayfair, just sent that to her. And I'm like, just take that. If you're going to watch this stuff, take the time to look up if any of it's got any basis yeah. in any way, like any evidence, the smallest evidence, not just hearsay about like it's been named after a child. So that's got to be it. It crazy. So anyways, that's her. Uh, and as I said, someone in Nepal downloaded our first Fifty Shades of Grey episode, so that's the birthplace of the Buddha. That alone is uh, self-explanatory. My bird feeder killed a bird. Yeah, so, I want to hear about this. Uh, remember that bird feeder that you saw uh, when we were sitting on my deck? Uh, I don't know. I was pretty drunk that day. Yeah, I suppose you were, weren't you? Well, the bird feeder... I was having this- a tough day. Lay off. <laughs> well, the bird feeder uh, has this bottom that slides up and down so that if a bird or a squirrel or like a crow, I imagine is too heavy, it'll slide the bottom down and then basically close up the hole that the birds stick their head into to grab the food. If the bird's light enough, they can just stick their head in and grab the food. Well, the bottom came off one time. So I figure somebody or some animal or something is figuring out a way to like unscrew the little nut and then make the bottom fall off. So I screwed it back in and left it. Then yesterday, wait, wait, I was, wait. do you think squirrels have little, wrenches and stuff that they're they're coming there nah you can use drivers and stuff or nah, what, you can what's do with going on no he doesn't got tiny little tools you can use your fingers like it's very easy with your fingers yeah, to squirrels don't have opposable thumbs either what do you mean they're using their fingers something's going on where it fell off once which i don't get why so i screwed it back on with my fingers and uh then i left it alone yeah because you're not a squirrel so you can do that anyways and so in the end uh yesterday i was walking with groceries up to my house and i saw that the thing was crooked on the bottom. And I'm like, oh, why is it crooked? And so then I walk over to it, and there's a bird with his head stuck in the hole, but the bottom started to fall off, and it choked the bird out. So the bird's carcass was hanging out the side with his head stuck in the hole. I felt so bad. I bought a bird feeder that kills birds. It was horrible. So I had to, like, gently take his little carcass and go put it over in the little garden thing, and I was like, god damn it. So I just took the bottom off and left it off. Whatever. Birds don't eat from it. I don't give a shit anymore. At least they won't die. And the racist tree guy uh, called today. Okay, just the chat. Uh, the guy where I, yeah, where I fixed racism. Yeah, he uh, he called because he said, "Yeah, do you care if I come over like now and take down your tree?" And I was like, "Now?" And he goes, "Yeah, are you home?" I go, "Yeah, I guess I'm home. There's no reason why you shouldn't couldn't come over." He's like, "Yeah, okay, I'll be over there in like ten minutes." So he showed up with like, his whole work army. 
He goes, yeah, we were, we were going to work on a job, but it rained, so we have nothing to do. And I thought, oh, we'll just stop over and take down your tree real quick. And he did. It was down within an hour. And he took off some other random branches around other trees that looked kind of weird. And also a big tree in my yard along the fence that he said was actually just really big, overgrown buckthorn. Like the buckthorn is turning into a full tree. And so, okay. uh, yeah, he did all that within an hour and then took off. Didn't even charge me. He's going to later, I'm sure. But he's just like, yeah, don't worry about it. And got in his car and took off. So that's how you do business, apparently. You just show up one day. Barely any warning. And then uh, I've been watching Duncan Trussell's Midnight Gospel. And that's it. Wait, wait. That's been my week. I actually made a list. What what is that? Oh, it's funny. Oh, Duncan Trussell is a comedian who's been around for a long time. He's been podcasting forever. Uh, and he was really funny and everything was great. And then his mom died and he was really saddened by it and then started getting into like new age, kind of like just a lot of meditation related stuff, which doesn't have to be bad, but he really went crazy with it and, um, started following this guy called Ramdas and everyone that follows Ramdas becomes this like babbling weirdo where they can't stop talking new agey stuff and they've got answers for everything, but he's still funny Kind of, but he spends most of his time just kind of droning on and on about, you know, we're all part of one giant fabric of consciousness and just, you know, that kind of stuff. Okay. And so I stopped listening to his podcast because it was getting pretty laborious. He had the same guests on all the time and they'd always play their weird music that's all about, you know, new agey things and it just goes on and on. So anyways, he made a show on Netflix uh, called Midnight Gospel and it actually is kind of funny but it's the same stuff basically the character just goes to these different uh multiple like universes or whatever like tangent dimensions and meets up with these like weird strange creatures that live weird strange lives and then talks about new age stuff like out-of-body experiences and magic and things like that it's just so weird that i'm like oh it's kind of entertaining so i've been watching it then that's it for me uh, oh ben says thanks for the for the gift card you're welcome, yes. Ben. And I, and I mean that. Thank you. Well, all right. I guess we should probably get moving. Uh, do you got anything from Sweet Gretchen? Yeah, she went heavy on the uh, it being my birthday theme today. So, <laughs> so we're going to start with Ben's birthday bird blurb. <laughs> the scarlet tanager is a striking bright red bird with black wings. They prefer to live in mature woodlands. Ben was lucky enough to see one in person. (laughs) Scarlet tanagers are one of about 240 tanager species in the world. Nearly all of them are brightly colored and live in the tropics. Tanager comes from a South American Tupi Indian word, meaning any small, brightly colored bird. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that that's the translation of that. How do pickles celebrate their birthdays? (laughs) They relish them. God damn it. (laughs) What do clams like to do on their birthday? I can't believe she's got two in a row. Go ahead. Celebrate. (laughs) I love that one. That's like the best one so far. (laughs) Also, I got to mention, I uh, I spent the uh, entire weekend at my mom's with her and her husband and mm-hmm. uh those people really like the news i gotta say why is that i, I don't know they, they get the newspaper which they religiously read every day and they're, they're telling me things out of the newspaper that like yeah i know i saw that on twitter yesterday thanks though 
<laughs> and then they, they watch the news on television. But not only do they watch it live, they like record it so they can watch it oh, on wow. demand. Yeah. They Both should the just... national and the local news. It's they're they really like news. Why don't they just get on the internet? They don't have to TiVo uh, the news like that. They can just That's sign right. up for some like stuff and on then Twitter. Just, they're just getting old news at that point. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's something to be said for reading the newspaper or specifically having your one period of the day where you watch news. Because um, I was reading or I was actually watching some YouTube video of these people that like break down and disseminate like events and literary things and whatever else. Uh, but anyways, one of them was how people are so like disparaging right now of how things are, especially in 2020, like how bad thing every, everything is and how reading the news is just one horrible thing after another amplified more than usual. Um, and they were saying about how us as humans are only starting to adapt to this new situation, which is we have Twitter and Facebook for some people and whatever else where you're, you're going there for pleasure because it's fun, but you're also getting inundated with horrible, scary news. So you, you can't compartmentalize like this is the time when I sit down to watch the news or read the newspaper and I'm going to see scary, horrible things. Now I'm going to go over here and watch this television show where I'm going to have a good time and enjoy myself. So basically everyone's like getting horrible stuff all the time because they go to social media looking for entertainment and whatever. So it makes people super depressed. So the point of all that is I've been making myself stay away from Twitter where I normally read the news and stuff and also just, you know, whenever you're like on the toilet and you're bored and you just open up like the news app and stuff. I'm not doing that so much because uh, they're right. Like I've been more crabby and down and stuff, I think, probably just because of like how stuff's going lately. So good for them. Reading the newspapers, you're allotted time to ingest the news for that day and then not touch it until the next day at the time. So good for them. Well, but they are still because then they're watching the news later in the day for an hour. It's a lot of news. But then the rest of the day, they're not reading or watching any news. That's the part I think that they've got nailed down. And I, I, have to, I have to say, I was glad they had the newspaper because that gave me the opportunity to do the crossword puzzles yesterday. So see, it's been a long time since I've done a crossword, and I finished both of them in the Sunday paper. I've felt quite proud of myself. Are you a Ben? Ben, are you a fan of Crypto Quit? Uh, no, but my mom <laughs> and her husband sure as hell are. <laughs> are they? <laughs> yeah, I used to do those when I was a kid. Oh man, I thought I was because this is before the internet. Uh, I finally had narrowed it down to like the key things, like look for where the like a single letter is usually going to be an A, so we're going to put that down, and like anything with three letters is going to be the. Oh man, I love the whole process until you know I got older and whatever. But well, all right, uh, good for them. They're good for her. Uh, I love that she had birthday themes. The clam one is the finest joke I've ever heard told in my entire life. Don't uh, say things that just encourages her. Don't say this stuff like it's that. It's just so damn adorable. The reason why, like I said, if you told me jokes like that, I just think you're some creepy guy and I wouldn't laugh and I wouldn't engage or make you feel like you should keep doing it. But her, it's adorable because she's your mom. So, yes, it was the best one. All right, let's get into the show. Okay. Well, anyways, I sent this to you uh, earlier, or last week, 
Uh, it's a review of one of the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. Because I was looking because I, I heard that both actors in the Fifty Shades of Grey movies couldn't stand each other. And I wound up on YouTube watching reviews that other people had of Fifty Shades of Grey in general. And then yeah. just like I was like brushing my teeth and stuff. I just did a search. And, and it's a bunch of people that are big fans of it and going on and on about how much they loved whatever. But they all hate the movies. So that's the reason why I looked it up. And apparently, none of the fans of the books liked the movies at all. Like, they were just miserable failures from the beginning. And part of it was because the actors hated each other. But better than that, I found this review of uh, Fifty Shades Freed, uh, which I had sent to you. Uh, The quote being, I forgot who wrote this. I just took the screenshot and sent it to you. But um, the quote being, one of the reviews is, No five-minute section of Fifty Shades Freed has any relation to the five minutes before it. The film just starts over. It's memento, but with butt plugs, which I thought was (laughs) hilarious. But it's what I was saying before. It's like she never remembers if he likes her or not. So she's always just blown away when he shows up at her door, forgetting that they've had sex three times already. Um, Yeah. Emily Yoshida summed up the entire over as, quote, a trilogy about a charming, intelligent young woman with just the right amount of self-awareness and sense of humor about herself who happens to have a twisted kink for monogamy with the most boring man in the world. <laughs> Which I thought was funny because that is her thing. And that's it for me. Do you got anything else you want to add before we dive into these beautiful chapters? No, let's dive in. I hope the person in Nepal's ready for this. Chapter 15. Um, again, not a lot going on in these chapters for the most part. I've made notes just about the stuff that's really pissing me off. I know, but yeah, much. this is such a boring book. There's just not... there's nothing going on I'm like before with Twilight I was exhausted but at least you you can keep reading because there's something you're working towards in this book you're not working towards anything if if you were to ask me to sit down and write a book where the premise is it's a guy who's really rich that's going to make a woman sign a contract to have bondage sex with him she's never had bondage sex much less any sex uh Go ahead, Glenn. What do you think it should be about? And I'd be like, well, it'll be about the hemming and hawing before she signs. And then trying to explain the uh, the dynamic of these two having sex. And maybe he learns to love her. And then at the end, you know, they're in love and she learns to accept him. And he accept- that's the direction I would go. This author, we're 21 chapters in now at the end of this podcast episode. She still hasn't freaking signed the thing. So I think the the conflict, the arc, is just getting her to sign it. Like the books, the last chapter is going to be like, and then she signed it. And that's like the end of the book. <laughs> because yeah, that's what it seems like. It's not, there's nothing, there's no other rising action that it's building towards. Yeah, it's just like, is she going to sign the contract or not? I know. It's it's driving me nuts. So the, So with Twilight, at least there's like, there's an actual like story arc. There's a beginning, middle and end of some sort. Yeah. It's boring as hell and repetitive and whatever. Yeah. The books this are one, twice as long as they need to be, but at least yeah, know, there, is, there is an arc there at least. I know. It's almost like she accidentally copied and pasted a previous chapter into the next chapter and didn't notice. Cause it's just, everything's so repetitive for hundreds of pages. Yeah. But, um, in this book, there's it's like we haven't even gotten to her signing it yet. It's been hemming and hawing for all these pages and it's driving me completely crazy. So I am not only bored reading this book, but it's like making me angry every time they freaking email each other. It's driving me completely crazy because <laughs> yeah. like 
40 pages of a chapter. It's just dedicated to their back and forth emails. <laughs> and it drives me so nuts. And listening to the audiobook while you're outside doing uh, housework, it's just it's even more frustrating because you just want to fast forward. But I did read some of this on a book and I skipped over the emails. Uh, chapter 15. Uh, he gives her a gift. I forget what it was. She refuses it and she wants to give it to a charity in Darfur. I guess to rub in his face the Darfur incident that none of us know about. Um, well, I, yeah, she just picked up on something that he had some deal in Darfur. Yeah, like he mentioned Darfur on a call that she overheard, and that's that's yeah. it. Yeah, um, he reminds her that she's his sub now, but she hasn't signed anything. She says she would do it at the graduation, but she hasn't signed anything yet. Uh, she keeps being defiant, anyways. Uh, like she forgot she agreed to it. Uh, he he talks about fisting, and she says she doesn't want to. And then he says he needs to train her ass. He says, "I'll agree to the fisting." He says. Uh, but I really want to clean your ass. Your ass will need training. It'll need careful preparation. <laughs> and it's just so creepy and aggressive. Uh, it's because she hasn't signed anything yet. There's nothing to really talk about. Um, he admits to having been fisted by the old woman that raped him. Uh, then they talk about sex toys, because apparently that wasn't a big deal. They talk about the bondage. Anna has issues with suspension, gagging, and pain. And he gives her a new car as a graduation gift. Because he, he still hates her beetle so much with all his heart. Uh, yeah. th- then he brings her back inside the house for more sex. That chapter is a throwaway chapter. You didn't even have to have it in the book. Chapter 16. Uh, after the sex. Fifty Shades of Fucked Up. I know. She tries to t- touch Kristen and he won't let her. And he says, I'm Fifty Shades of Fucked Up. From this point on, 16 all the way to 21, she's constantly throwing the Fifty Shades. She keeps She's nicknamed him Fifty Shades in her head. Just like taking the title of the book and hammering it into us why the book is called this. I don't even Uh, remember. Like, What was the genesis of this in the book? I don't remember. Oh, it originated just because he said it right there. That's he's I'm 50 shades of fucked up. Oh, that was the origin of it. Yeah, because she's asking, why can't I touch you? And he's like, you don't want to touch me. You don't get it. I'm 50 shades of fucked up. And then that's that was the first time. Okay, I figured. Yeah, which that was calling back to something earlier. Okay. Yeah, so then no. that's what they called the book. Okay. Yeah, and I think she probably had the name of the book in mind before she sat down to write it because from here on out, they're constantly, she's nicknamed him Fifty Shades, you know, oh, Fifty Shades is angry again and that kind of thing. Just hammering it in like, oh, get it? That's the name of the book. Here it is now. Look, it's even his nickname. Um, which also makes the series of books after this just more pathetic. Like Fifty Shades Freed. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Just dumb. Uh... He had a tough introduction to life. He won't share the details. Uh, she tells him about her, his erotic, her erotic dream. Uh, she says crap and double crap throughout the whole thing, which pissed me off. He demands she wears the or she wears contraception, and she says he's so bossy for the millionth time in this book. Like we get. Wait, did you just say wears contraception? That she wears it. That she has to use it or whatever. I think at one point they were talking about like her having something inside her as contraception versus him wearing a rubber or then she would take the pill and whatever well yeah Um, i just didn't know if you knew how contraception works usually the woman doesn't wear it i don't know a little copper stick you shove up there oh i know all about it um so he admits to getting her drunk because he doesn't like how she's so clammed up and he needs to get her talking which is controlling and manipulative you might as well just be drugging her like it's just the the psychology of that is None of this is good. <laughs> then there's more inner, inner goddess crap that pisses me off because it's like a Disney character inside her mind. 
there's a lot the, of that in these I, chapters. It's constant. Uh, then Christian says, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go revise the contract because she still hasn't signed it and now we're back to the beginning where it's like she's not agreeing to anything and she's, what, not his sub now? Uh, he jokes, and I put a question mark, that he's glad she's gonna sign the contract otherwise he would have abducted her. Um, then she rolls her eyes at that and that makes him mad so he spanks her 18 times. Then he fucks her again and I wrote, this is so boring. Because the sex scene was just boring. I think it's tedious and I'm tired of reading about him. I am too. How can you spank her 18 times if she hasn't signed the agreement that she's officially your sub now? Like, now they're just doing it, kind of, off and on. It, the whole point is the contract. Now suddenly well, the contract she can no still purpose. grant consent without having a signed contract. She's still an adult, so... I, I get it, but in this universe, this completely fake and yeah. unrealistic world, he has a contract that needs to be signed before he'll do any Dom stuff to her. But now they're doing it, kind of. So what's the point of the contract then at that point? Why don't you just have consensual sex all the time instead of signing a contract? I well, just, just imagine how hot it's going to be if she signs that contract, right? <laughs> uh, do you think it gets hotter? I guess the next book she finally signs the contract and then the sex is going to be off the charts. Uh, then he gets baby oil because her, her reddened buttocks are sore. So he gets baby oil and rubs it. And that's very uh, soothing to her and very fatherly, I guess. And she just appreciates it so much. He leaves. Then Anna, who's been loving all this sex, suddenly doesn't and calls her mom crying for no reason. Like, it doesn't, the turn on a dime feelings didn't, there's no buildup. They don't explain how she got to crying. Uh, her mom starts talking about, like, you know, are you in love with well, him? Well, because, because she's falling for this man, and she doesn't know if he's right for her. It's very confusing. Yeah, but, I mean, she loved the sex, so I don't know. Whatever. There's just, there's no character development. You don't know their motivations, why they do anything. They just kind of act, I don't know. Uh, she has to stand to cry. Her butt hurts so much she can't sit down and cry. Uh, mom says, men, they are tricky. So that's a great quote. Anna's mom wants her to visit her in Georgia. Kate comes home, sees Anna crying. Uh, she says, did that obscenely rich fucker uh, hurt you again? Which is not how people talk. Uh, obscenely rich. Anna distracts Kate by asking her about her day, and that works. And then Kate goes on about her day and doesn't talk about it anymore. Uh, she emails Gray, who comes to the apartment because he, he needs her to be okay all the time. So he's being the tender, uh, affectionate Dom. And then it's emails, which I skipped. I just didn't want to read them. Should, should we talk about... What a terrible self-centered person Kate is. Go ahead. Um, well, I don't know if I have anything beyond that, but her character <laughs> annoys me in this book, and she's just this terrible self-centered person who's easily distracted. And, well, I can't remember I what was said in one of the like the first episodes. She, I didn't say anything about it in the episode, but I remember reading it going, oh, oh, maybe she didn't have sex with uh, Christian Grey because she said this one thing. But then since then, throughout the rest of the book, she's constantly doing the whole, oh, you be careful around him, like as if she's got history with him. And then when they go to have dinner at Christian's parents' house, she's there with Christian's brother, and then she's very cold and distant with him and stuff. And it could be explained as like she just doesn't like him because she doesn't trust him, but also like maybe they got history. But we'll get into that. Uh, chapter 17, Christian sleeps over and cuddles all the time. Then there's just more fucking emails. Uh, which I skipped over. Yeah, yeah uh, there's a lot of emails. He says he can track her cell phone still. That was one thing that stood out. 
he was emailing her while he was in a meeting about the quote futures market unquote. <laughs> and yeah. the, the inner goddess has pom poms and is doing a cheerleader routine. Those are the only things that stood out in that chapter for me. Did you read any of these emails? Is there anything I should have known about them? Because I just skip them all together. No, I read them, and they're te- it, there's no reason for you to not skip them. They're just tedious back and forth. Good. It's their their battle of wits or whatever. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's not creative. Um, I was reading uh, later on one of the headlines. Well, I'll have to pull it up when we get to it. But I was just like, God damn it, another chapter that ends with a ton of emails. And I was just like flipping through pages. And then one of the emails had this title that just made me, like, groan. And I got angry because it's just so tedious and stupid and non-creative. And it's like, I'm so glad I'm skipping through this. I hate this book. Well, I was so happy when Christian bought uh, Anna a Blackberry so there could be more emails. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why wouldn't he buy her an iPhone? Because she has an like an iCloud account or it was called a dot .me account back then. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I mean, she has one because he got her a Mac. So yeah, yeah. I got her a Mac with the thing. So then, why wouldn't you get her an iPhone so she can just have the stupid Mac account or whatever that's so important? Instead, that's an it's a BlackBerry. Person. Imagine his IT department and how angry they must be when they have to set up his girlfriend's phone to do emails and stuff. Well, chapter eighteen, she meets Gray to have uh, so she can get checked out by a doctor named Doctor Green the best gynecologist in the uh, in the whole city and gets her to come on a Sunday. The oh, best. Lord. The best. Gotta be the best if it's with Gray. Uh, uh, she even says it must have cost so much money to get the best gynecologist to come out here on a Sunday. Well, uh, she, that stupid gynecologist even says it. Christian says, thanks for coming out on a Sunday. She's like, thanks for making it worth my while. I know. <laughs> Not very professional from the best gynecologist in the city. Uh, she appreciates how Dr. Green is strong and determined, uh, which is supposed to be, I was thinking, like, does she appreciate her for being so strong and determined because she sees herself in this woman? And then it dawned on me, oh, shit, Dr. Green is the woman that raped uh, Christian. So No, she isn't. I'm calling it out. I think she might be. I don't think so. These are the things that keep me entertained when I'm reading the most boring book I've ever read in my entire life. I'm thinking she might be. Well, I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll, we'll find see. out. Okay, we'll see. Uh, do do you think there is going to be any sort of twist at the end of this stupid book like that? Well, this woman, the shadow of this child rapist, has been looming over this whole story. She's gonna come up at some point in later chapters. He even says, "Oh, you'd really like her if you met her," and it's going to be a point where it's like, "You've already met her. She checked out your vagina." That'd <laughs> be the best twist. <laughs> she gave you that wearable contraception. Yeah, and nothing says, yeah, and nothing says, um, you know, that this this woman that had control over him and he was the sub uh, has to still have control over him in his life by checking out his women and giving approval by being Dr. Green. So I think it makes the most sense. We'll find out. Uh, So though Anna showed no strength or determination at any point in this book, uh, but she does reflect on how this woman's a lot like me with my strength and determination. But Anna showed none of that at all. He rolled his eyes. Uh, when she commented on having dinner with his mom. Oh, and she refers to Christian as, he's just sex on legs. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one of the very few notes I made was that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait till we get to the big, uh, the big reveal later where I just started laughing my ass off, but we'll get there. 
they're naked, and he says he, he wants to hit her for pleasure. Uh, and he starts doing more master-slave shit, and I wrote, did she sign this yet? Because I'm starting to forget. Like, did I skip over it during the email things I skip over that she actually physically... But I guess not. Oh, no, uh, yet. He's got a grid on his ceiling that you put shackles on. You can slide the people anywhere around the room you want. Um, and so he does that to have sex with her at certain parts of the room. So it's like, I'm going to do you from behind, which means i got to put you over here on this wall over here. <laughs> so he slides her along over there, which I thought was kind of weird and funny. Um, and then she's so exhausted and he wants to do her in some certain way. So he's like, put your hands together like you're praying because he's going to wrap plastic cord around her wrists and then sort of have her hang from like a wooden peg or whatever. So she's just sort of hanging there. Uh, he says, put your hands as if you're praying. And then she says, praying, praying he goes easy on me which is the stuff that just makes me so angry as I'm reading this damn thing. And the yeah. uh, sex scene's boring and full of more cliches like that. He cut, well, Here's an example of cliche. He cuts the plastic restraints off her wrist and says, I declare this Anna open. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, she's, and she's just like, oh, I can't believe how funny and cute he is. I'm like, if anyone said shit like that to me before, during, or after sex, we would not be dating anymore. That's unacceptable. Well, what if she was sex on like so? You might reconsider it. <laughs> I suppose you're right. Yeah. Well, chapter 19, uh, they're about to go meet the parents and stuff. They're sort of getting clothes yeah. on and everything, and then they decide yeah. to dance. Well, let's talk about getting clothes on, because Anna's not wearing any panties. No, he put them in his pocket, because he expects yeah. her to ask for him. Yeah, she's not going to, though. She's not going to play that little game. She's oh, going to go no. meet the parents without her panties on. Yeah, this is her getting the upper hand because sometimes she's a sub and sometimes she's willful and none of it ever makes sense. Uh, I said the implications of not wearing underwear to a Christian's parents is sickening. Uh, right before meeting the parents... Uh, Wait, why is that sickening? Just because, like... He's he doesn't want her to wear underwear unless she asks for it, and she's not gonna. So now they're both gonna go hang out with the parents, and they both know she's not wearing underwear, which means they're kind of sexualizing the situation of having dinner with their parents. <laughs> it's just gross. I think it's kind of sickening. He's sexualizing your interaction with the parent right before the meeting. His parents, he brings up, uh, bet you wish you were wearing underwear, uh, and she apparently forgot when he said that that she wasn't wearing any because she goes, "Oh yeah. my, I'm not wearing any underwear." That's right. So I guess it's not it really that big of a deal. Ago. Well, and also, she could just forget that she's not wearing panties. Is it really that big of a deal? Why are they making such a big deal of it? She could just easily forget it. It's not a big deal. Lots of people don't wear panties. <laughs> For sexual reasons, though? Like sexual play reasons? You know, some people like, yeah, don't wear underwear. I sometimes have definitely not worn air it out. I, you know, whatever. There's many valid reasons to not wear panties. Now, well, do you call your underwear panties? Sure, why not? Okay, well, move. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I've definitely like put on a pair of jeans and ran out the door to go get something at the grocery store quick uh, without yeah. any underwear on. But it's not like it's not like I, you know, giggled to myself <laughs> while I was standing in line waiting to buy the toilet paper or whatever I had to get. Uh, that that scenario I just painted was pretty gross. That I needed toilet paper so badly I ran out the door <laughs> with no underwear on. <laughs> stood in line. <laughs> Maybe I would be giggling to myself because I smell like feces and no one can do anything <laughs> about it. Yeah. Anyways, she asked where uh, he learned to dance like that. He said the pedophile taught him. 
then she says, holy cow, I'm meeting his folks. So more Disney character for a consciousness. Uh, my subconscious gives me an unhelpful I told you so expression about uh, the underwear. I don't know. It was just annoying. People at the dinner, Kate, Christian's brother, and Mia, Christian's sister. Uh, Kate says, hi, Anna. She beams. Christian, she nods curtly to him. Kate, uh, he's equally as formal with her. So that's the scene where they're being very formal and cold with each other. So yeah. I think that's you know that's playing into my theory that she was once a sub. Uh, everyone hugs Anna, and Anna says, what is this? Hug Anna week? <laughs> Anna mentions going to Georgia, and Christian gets all angry about it. Uh, and she forgets that she didn't tell him because it's like memento. She, it's there. She's trying to escape him by going to visit the mom. Uh, but then she also forgets and she never tells him. Uh, what about our arrangement? Uh, then she says, we don't have an arrangement yet. And I said, they still haven't freaking signed this thing. We're 19 chapters in. She says, oh, crap, Ola, don't get your panties in such a twist and give me back mine. I glare at him and I wrote, I'm so fucking sick of this book. And the next quote being, yes, I am mad at you. He closes his eyes briefly. Palm twitchingly mad? I ask nervously. <laughs> what is the palm twitchingly thing? Because it comes up more uh, and more after this. I was think there a scene was, in this where his palm yeah, twitches? Yeah, I think that's all it is, yeah. Whose palm twitches? Like, if you look at Christians, your open hand yeah, and also the muscles underneath your skin, just starts, it's like there's worms under your skin. I don't get how that works. That's Christian for you. <laughs> Uh, Kate brings up how Anna went to a bar with uh, Jose, and that must have been something I skipped when I was going through all the emails, just skipping over them. Then he whispers, I am palm-twitchingly mad, especially now. His tone is quiet and deadly. Oh no, I squirm. Uh, Damn, Kate, what game is she playing? Will Will he punish me? I quail at the thought. I haven't signed that contract yet. Perhaps I won't. Maybe I'll stay in Georgia where he can't reach me. And I wrote, she's just bouncing back and forth between fear and love and escape or diving with no reason. Like, we don't know where she's going to land because there's no motivations or explanation about why she's she's just all over the place. And it's pissing me off as I'm reading the book. Uh, One little treat, though. The maid comes in. Turns out she's sexy and she's got pigtails and she keeps making eyes at Christian, (laughs) which makes her think that maybe she was one of Christian's subs. And her name is Gretchen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's a nice coincidence there. Yeah, did that sexualize your mom for you when that came in? Uh, no, but thanks for asking. Okay. <laughs> then she says, "My inner goddess is smoldering, and not in a good way." Uh, I. Uh, oh, then she says, "I sigh and I peek up at Fifty Shades." So now she's calling him Fifty Shades in her mind. Yeah. He drags her out to the boathouse. She's scared because he, she knows he's mad. And I wrote, this is not a relationship. So that's the end of chapter 19. You got any thoughts on how South chapter 19 is taking the book? Christian's parents seem like lovely people, though. Well, yeah, to the extent that the author is capable of. I mean, they're just bland. They're basically cardboard people <laughs> taking the place of the Christian's parents. They don't have any personality. I'm just trying to say something nice. Nah, there's nothing to say. She begs him not to hit her. That's how you start out chapter 20. (laughs) Yeah. He says that no one's ever said no to him and it gets him hot. And I said, like a fucking serial killer does when someone begs not to be hurt or killed. Uh, His hand moves down my behind and pulls me sharply against him, against his erection. Oh, my. Which I'm tired of reading. Oh, my. At the end of every sexy sentence. 
He tells her not to come or he'll spank her again. Uh, when he's done fucking her, uh, not to completion, uh, but as for their punishment, so she can't come when he does it, he ties off the condom and puts it in his pocket. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, then he gives her back her underwear. Well, Zach is just going to leave it in the boathouse. He's going to clean up after himself. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. Throw it in the water. I don't, it just seems weird to tie it off and keep it in his pocket like it's a little memento or something. Like, does he have, like, a closet where he opens the doors and it's just... Full of used condoms on little pegs, <laughs> like all over the inside. Wasn't necessarily collecting it for later. He's just going to dispose of it when he has a better chance. He didn't want to leave a used condom in his parents' it boat. Seemed, it seemed weird. Throw it in a bush or something. It just seemed weird. Why is throwing it in the in the parents' backyard be better than leaving it in the boathouse? I guess it weirds me out to have all this sexuality happening when your parents invited you over for dinner. So now he's going to go back into the parents' house with this tied-off rubber in his pocket that he's, like, playing around with with his big, long fingers in his pocket until he eventually gets to the kitchen to go throw in the garbage or wherever you're going to throw it. It just seems... There's just so much sex going on when it's just dinner with your parents. Just have dinner with your parents. Wear your underwear. Don't have sex in the boathouse and don't walk around with a rubber in your pocket for any period of time in your parents' house. I say given the choices, I, I think throwing the used condom into the parents' backyard is kind of weird. I think he's being very considerate to take care of his garbage. <laughs> Fine. I guess littering can go to that extreme. <laughs> like, don't ever litter, ever. Um, she says, I've taken a punishment fuck, but gained a small victory over my panties. My, it, my inner goddess nods in agreement, a satisfied grin over her face. You didn't have to ask for them, the, apparently the inner goddess says. Yeah, can we talk about the satisfied grin? Jesus Christ, the grid count is accumulating here in these Off chapters. Off the charts, I know. Even that, that fucking fancy gynecologist was grinning. Oh, was she? Yeah, you're probably yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> um... On the car ride home, they talk about sex and everything. Taylor, the manservant, is driving and can hear him, and she says, you know, we shouldn't be talking about this with him up there. Grace says, don't worry about it. And I wrote, what horrors has Taylor been witness to over the years? Uh, he gripes at her to wear a seatbelt, and I wrote, who doesn't wear a seatbelt? I said, imagine, imagine all this dialogue of his if he was like 70 years old. Then he'd just be a crabby old man. He wouldn't be so sexy. Um, <laughs> at some point in the long conversation... Well, okay, well, let's, just, let's just be clear. 70-year-old men can be sexy, too. I don't know why you're being so ageist there. <laughs> I think for some reason when this 20-whatever-year-old Christian Grey is like, have you eaten? Well, you got to eat. Like, you should wear your seatbelt. Why don't you wear your seatbelt? You need to go to bed. Get more sleep. It's, somehow it's sexy when he's in his 20s and he's a wealthy, handsome sex on legs. But if he's like 70 and saying all that, there's nothing attractive about it whatsoever. It's just your grandpa crabbing at you because <laughs> you don't eat enough and you need to wear your seatbelt and stuff. I don't know. I don't think it's ageist. I just uh, I just don't think it's sexy in general to keep griping at people. Yeah. Do, do, you know who's, do you know who's 75 years old? Tom Selleck. And I would say he's very sexy. If Tom Selleck was telling you to eat, you'd be turned on. If Tom Selleck told you to put on your seatbelt. While I was saying that, did you get on the computer and type in who's who's famous in 75? <laughs> I just want you to try and tell me that you don't think Tom Selleck is sexy. Because you can't. You know he is. He's 75. Oh, he's, he's a sexy man. He's sexy in the 80s. Do you think he's sexy now? Yes, and I think you think he is, too. I don't think he is, and I'm not falling for this trap. If Tom Selleck told you to put on your seatbelt, you would, you would have an erection. You know what he would do? 
Tom Selleck wouldn't say, you need to wear your seatbelt. Why don't you have your seatbelt on? Or haven't you eaten? You're eating right now. I'm ordering you some food. Tom Selleck would be, you look like you're hungry. Let me order you something. He'd be more smooth about it. He wouldn't be so demanding and pushy and whiny about it. I think that's the difference between Tom Selleck and Christian Grey. At some point in the long conversation, she gets on his lap in the backseat and kisses him, saying that she'll sign the papers again for like the third frickin' time, or second, I don't even know anymore. Oh god, now you sent me a picture of Tom Selleck. That's him in the 80s! <laughs> that picture was That's taken not 75 year old Tom Selleck. It could Find, be. No, it wasn't. Find me a shirtless picture of Tom Selleck in his 70s. Uh, that might be harder to come by. I don't know how many of those are floating around the internet. Look at the hair. Can, do you remember when we were young and there was a time when guys with hairy chests was considered like a thing that people should be proud of? Now everyone shaves it. I don't. Oh, is it? You're like a little bear, huh? Yeah, you're like a little bear cub. Yeah. Uh, I'm not finding any recent shirtless pictures of him. Yeah, of course you're not. Because he's not an attractive man anymore. He says he's going to fuck her in the shut elevator. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, he is. You know he is. <laughs> Uh, she mentions, mentions how vanilla isn't your flavor. And he says, we cater to all tastes here. At least 31 flavors. He grins at me lasciviously. Hands in the air, he commands. I oblige. And in one breathtakingly swift move, he removes my dress like a magician, grasping at it, at the hem, and pulling it smoothly and fleetingly from my head. Ta-da, he says playfully. <laughs> I giggle and applaud politely. He bows gracefully, grinning. Uh, how can I resist him when he's like this? None of that is attractive. <laughs> no. Anna whines about not being able to touch him. Uh, my subconscious... Oh, her her subconscious talks to her saying, What'd you expect? That you'd grow horns and a little pointy tail? My subconscious snaps at me. Hey, what the hell are you doing? Touching his hard limit. Too soon, you idiot. He needs to walk before he can run. My subconscious is furious. Medusa-like in her anger. Hair flying. Her hands clenched around her face like in Edward Munt's The Scream painting. I ignore her, but she won't climb back into her box. You're making him mad. And he says at one point uh, to remind her about him being touched. goes, Anastasia, I told you, 50 shades. So even he's using the catchphrase. Yeah. Uh, he agrees to tell her why he doesn't like being touched after sex. This is the part where I died laughing. She says he runs his fingers up and down my sex. And I was thinking, I don't think anyone calls their privates or whatever, like their sex, like touch my sex. No. Like I've never heard anyone say that before. Only in these books is where you see it. Yeah. Then he shoves metal balls in her mouth and then into her pussy. Uh, the quote being slow, delicious one ball at a time. Oh my, uh, their body temperature warmed by our collective mouths. After sex, she says, this is the most attractive thing. Spill the beans, Gray. <laughs> I yawn. Miss Steele, you know how to ruin a moment. We had a deal. The woman who brought me into this world was a crack whore. <laughs> yep. There you Literally have the quote. The woman who brought me into the world was a crack whore. That's how you talk about anyone with a drug addiction. Nah, she was a crack whore. <laughs> he also throws in, she's dead now. <laughs> uh, yeah. I nearly shat myself. Like, when I got to the point where it said crack whore, I just out loud started laughing because it's just so badly written. It is. In chapter 21, uh, she wakes up alone in his bed. The crack horse story didn't explain anything about why he can't touch him to her satisfaction. Uh, quote being, I clamber out of bed feeling stiff and for want of better expression, well used. Yes, 
That would be all the sex then. My subconscious uh, purses her lips in disapproval. I roll my eyes at her, grateful that a certain twitchy, palmed control freak is not in the room, and resolve to ask him about the personal trainer. That's if I sign. So again, bouncing back and forth on if she's going to sign. She's already thinking about the personal trainer, but she's not sure if she's going to sign. Pursing lips and rolling eyes, it's all in one sentence. More sex, more crap dialogue. Some examples being, Christ, Anna, you're so ready. Another one, come on, baby, give it up for me. Another, you are mine. Uh, With periods, he says, each word is staccato. Do you understand? And lastly, what the hell are you doing to me? He breathes as he nuzzles my neck. You completely beguile me. You weave some powerful magic. And I said, this is annoying because she's done absolutely nothing to beguile him and make him fall in love with her. She's just sort of uh, empty plate or slate or whatever, just sort of there. And uh, now suddenly just falling head over heels for her. Post-sex crap dialogue. Have you ever... Oh, yeah. Have you bought your air ticket? No, I'll buy it when I get home over the internet. (laughs) Which is totally like something out of the movie The Room. Just horrible dialogue. So that's dumb. She finally gets away from him to do her job interviews. Uh, The second one's weird because there's a man. She's being interviewed by a woman and then some random guy comes in. And he only likes books after 1950. Uh, Even though they run, I think it's an independent publishing house. So why would you only read books from after 1950? Uh, They ask her, where do you see yourself in five years time? Uh, Then she says, she thinks with Christian gray, (laughs) she goes to her new apartment with Kate in Seattle. Kate says something. And I wrote, who cares? That reminds Anna about Christian. And then she says, why is everyone reminding me of my favorite 50 shades? Uh, Kate warns her about Christian being dangerous. Uh, Anna wonders if Christian is developing feelings for her. And I said, we've seen numerous times that he is. Why does she keep acting like she doesn't know? He literally tells that to her. And then more fucking emails, which I won't read. And then, uh, oh, then that's where I saw the headline. And one of the emails was, not for all the tea in China was one of the headlines. I'm like, fuck, (laughs) I just got so mad. Yeah. Well, there you go. I rattled all that off. Uh, Well, we should probably just go into the post wrap up. Yeah, let's get this over with. Hi, Ben. So I rattled all through that, uh, more or less pointing out the stuff I hate. There's really nothing to the story. It hasn't moved an inch. Nothing happened in in the last however many chapters. Yeah. We have not progressed since chapter what? I mean, it, it rifled through the first couple chapters. So by chapter four, it was established about signing a contract and sex and stuff. And we have not moved since then. I know. I it's remember the, the first around. episode we did in this book. I was all I was all happy. Like, well, this is actually it's not well written, but at least it's moving along. There's stuff happening. And now this just completely stalled and nothing happens. <laughs> no, it's so fucking annoying. Uh, would you recommend this book to a friend, Ben? No. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that Twilight was more entertaining than this. This is just horseshit. Why did they... With Twilight, I'm like, why would they make a movie out of this? Well, I guess it's just easy money. But this, this is... The book was so bad. I would think that they would try to take the book and trim it up and do something and make it better for the movie. But apparently they didn't because all the fans hate it. 
I don't know what to do with this. I don't want to read the rest. I'm like done already. <laughs> we still have more chapters to go. Yeah, it's bad. Can we officially not read the rest of these books? Like, I know, I mean, I I bought the fucking trilogy. Yeah, I didn't buy the trilogy, so I'm fine uh, with not doing the rest of these. Yeah, I'm thinking after this, I have no interest in finishing the rest of these books. This is so bad, I just... Not even for fun. Like, uh, this episode right now isn't fun. We're just, I'm like, I'm just rifling through the shit to get it over with because I didn't have any enjoyment at all in reading the book. I don't even think all the catchphrases are cute or funny or anything. It's... It's just it's infuriating to read for the millionth time about this, how his nickname is yeah. Fifty Shades now. This is pointless. It's also pointless. I know. Well, Ben, do you have a uh, a passage you want to read to end this show on? Well, I thought I'd read a cute little phone conversation between Anna and Christian. Uh, they were Ugh. I had a little conversation. I won't read the whole conversation, but I'll just read the end of it because they're doing that cute thing where. Neither one of them wants to hang up on the other one. Neither one of them wants to end the conversation. No, no, I was, just, I was literally going to say, I was going to say, it's going to be like the you hang up. No, you hang up. But actually, that did happen for real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so stupid. So we're going to read that. So, so Christian, uh, I'll see you Sunday. Yes, Sunday. I murmur and a thrill courses through my body. <laughs> Good night. Good night, sir. <laughs> <laughs> My address, <laughs> my address catches up on a weird as I can tell by his sharp intake of breath. Good luck with your move tomorrow, Anastasia. His voice is soft, and we're both hanging on the phone like teenagers, neither wanting to hang up. You hang up, I whisper. Finally, I sense a smile. No, you hang up. And I know he's grinning. I don't want to. Neither do I. Were you very angry with me? Yes. Are you still? No. So you're not going to punish me? No. I'm an in-the-moment kind of guy. I've noticed. You can hang up now, Miss Steele. Do you really want me to, sir? Go to bed, Anastasia. Yes, sir. We both stay on the line. Do you ever think you'll be able to do what you're told? He's amused and exasperated at once. Maybe we'll see after Sunday. And I press hand on the phone. Oh, my God. I've never laughed so hard. That was amazing. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think the reason why I love it so much is because you sound like Louie Anderson. <laughs> now everything I read from Anna in this book is just going to be the voice of Louie Anderson. <laughs> okay, that'll make it a little bit entertaining then, hopefully. <laughs> oh my god, I, am, I was sweating last time and I'm just dripping with sweat right now. I laughed at that whole thing. Oh what? my god. It'd give you that. I was, I was watching. Um, uh, it's actually a really good show on HBO right now called Search Party. If you haven't seen it, uh, I've seen the first couple of seasons of it. Oh, have you? Yeah. So like the I, whatever. I think they have three seasons. If I'm getting that right, yeah. and the third season's just really, really good. And it's got Louis Anderson in it as their lawyer. Well, <laughs> so then they're they're talking about like, well, if we don't win, if we don't win this, you know, this trial, like. 
we can appeal, like, you know, wait a year and appeal or whatever. And Louie Anderson goes, oh, yeah, I'm not probably going to be around a year from now. I'll probably be dead. And they're like, oh, my God. And he's like, yeah, I used to like to eat these paint chips on my bedroom wall when I was a kid because they just look so smooth and buttery. <laughs> so he goes, but, you know, is lead. So you got to pay the price. <laughs> it's so good. Oh. Well, Ben, thanks for that. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh huh. I get to edit this and I get to hear that all over again. <laughs> so, looking forward to that tonight. Well, with that, uh, thanks for being on the show, and uh, we will see you next week. Yes. Okay, there. Now we're done for real. I'm not kidding. I laughed through that whole fucking thing. That was crazy. <laughs> I like that you started out as Christian Grey, trying to be all sexy and serious, and then instantly... What are you talking about? <laughs> so good. Uh, you've perfected that voice. That's amazing.